around. All right. So today's daf is daf nun gimel, and we pick up from the bottom of nun beis on beis. We have the two dots, six lines from the bottom of the page. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf today, um, and uh, can't even give a, an, an overview of what we're going to be doing because there's so many uh, beautiful, beautiful limudim. Just to to give a shtickle heads up, yeah. A shtickle heads up as to what the topic is going to be. We're going to discuss once the Kayan Gadol was in the Kaddish HaKadoshim, how he actually placed the Kataris down onto the coals. Okay, how the Kataris, the, the proper way for the Kataris to be placed down. And we're also going to discuss this very special plant that Beisav Timis did not want to share called the Maila Ashon, right? The Maila Ashon plant. That was part of the Kataris that Mamish like directed the smoke. It allowed the smoke to, to go in particular directions. We're going to learn exactly how what 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 did the smoke inside the Kedush Hakadoshim of the Kataris look like? How exactly uh, how exactly did this work? And that is going to uh, take us. Th- then the Mish is going to discuss the fact that the Kaindodol walked out the same way he walked in, which means he walked out backwards. We're going to have some beautifully mudim about showing proper kavod to places. You don't turn your back on that place. That's going to be an overview of, uh, of Amur Aleph, and uh, we'll give an overview of Amur Bez when we get there. There's a lot, really a lot of various and different topics. So here we go. Bottom of Numbez, Amur Bez, six lines from the bottom. Zogt Der Gemoda. He gathers the good, the Kataris, which seems to imply that he put it all in one big pile at the same time on top of the coals. Okay. Now, we learned previously, we learned previously that not everybody agrees that the Kataris was heaped onto the coals. We learned in the mission of Kamanda Amar Tzubra. Our mission seems to be like Mandelmar, who holds that the Kataris was all put down at once on top of the coals. Now, where, is the, where do we find a discussion about how the Kataris should be put down? So follow closely. We, we learned this previously. It's Kishmat. Tani Choda. One Brisa says, Subra Panima Shehi Chutzalai. Okay? He puts a, a pile, okay, of the Kataris on the part of the coals that was furthest away from him. Meaning you have the coals and you want to put it on the, away from you at the farthest edge of the coals. Away from me. Okay? And what ended up happening was, according to that brisa, the coals would start to... Um, the Kataris would catch fire from the coals and start smoking. And then slowly but surely, then it would start coming closer to you. Okay? It would start coming closer... Towards the Kain Godel. Okay? Alright. And um, the purpose of that was that the smoke should not get into his eyes. He should have time. It shouldn't be too close to him. He should have time, you know, to uh, move before anything, uh, anything starts to bother. The Tanya Idach, there's another Brysa that says, that he would put it on the closest part of the coals which is closer to him. Okay? Fine. Now, Amr Abai, Abai says, Tanohi, that, you see here that it's a Machlekes Tanoh, Abai, Amr Abai, Abai also says, 
You know, uh, it, it makes more sense, you know, logically, according to the Mandi Omar who says that you start furthest away from yourself, closer to the Aron. <coughs> Again, how did this work? Let's remind ourselves. The Kaingado walked into the Kaidish HaKadoshim, okay? And he went to, if it's the second base Amikdash, the area where the Aron was, to in between the poles, and put it down. Weird. There, there's a little bit of a space there. So did he put it closer to where the Aron would have been, that open area, or closer to you? Machloka. So Abai says it makes sense, like the Mandi Omar who says that you would put it, the Kaingado would put the Keteres farther away from him on the coals. Distant from him. Why? Why does that make more sense? Ditnan. Because we learned in a Mishnah, They would teach him. And they said to him, Be careful, top of today's daf. Not to put the Keteres too close to your face. Because it'll start smoking up and it might even burn you, right? You remember, he's using his hands. Fine. So therefore, he says, listen, I don't have a proof to who's right, but you know, logic would dictate, take care of yourself, protect yourself. Okay. Don Rabban, the rabbis learned in social week, he takes the Keteres and he puts it, he puts the Keteres on the fire. Which means he should not set up the Keteres outside and afterwards bring it into the Kedesh HaKadoshim. Now why not? Why not? Okay? Meaning, you're not allowed, he had to walk into the Kedesh HaKadoshim with the coals in his right hand and the Keteres in his left hand. You weren't allowed to burn the Keteres as you walked in. It had to be separate until you actually placed it down into Kedesh HaKadoshim. Why? Because to, to show that the Tzedukim are wrong. They would say, he would, they would say that right before the Kedesh went into the Kedesh HaKadoshim, that's when he put the Keteris onto the coals. My Darush, where do they get that from? It says, because within a cloud of smoke, okay, I will be seen ala so they darshan that pasuk to mean There should already be smoke coming up as you go in. How do you see Hashem when you're carrying smoke? But it says you put when you are lefnei Hashem. What are you going to do with your pasuk that says, "Oh, you see the kapiras with a cloud"? What does that mean? It means it means you got to put in this ingredient that gives you a nice smoke. And where do you know that you got to add in the Mila Oshan? And the cloud of the Kataras covers the Kataras. If you left out any one of them, you're going to be Chayob Misa. So you see the Mila Oshan has to be in there. And Mamela like this. What do we have so far? What we have right now is the Tzedukim were of the opinion that it says you got to walk in with the clouds. The Chum say, you're wrong because it says, V'nasan HaSekateras HaLaish Lefnei Hashem. You got to do it when you're ready in front of Hashem. You got to be inside the Gezer room. Aye, what do we do with your Pasuk? That's letting us know about the Mila Oshem. Okay? Now let's remind ourselves. What's this Mila Oshem? So this is the special plant that the, the Beis Aptinas 
right, the, the, the family that took care of the Kataris wouldn't share the recipe of what exactly the special plant was. Okay? Says the Gemara. Why don't you learn out that in this brisa that we quoted, we said you can't leave out any one of the ingredients of the Kataris. You can't leave out any ingredient. If you do, you have Mitzvah Shemai. Says the Gemara, why don't we learn that out? That the reason why it's Chaimiz De Shemayim is because you're not allowed to go into the Kedusha Kedoshim unless it has a purpose. And if you leave out an ingredient, so you never had the Kataris, and therefore it has no purpose. We're dealing with he was Shagig Bebiya, Behezid Beaktar. He came in, right? He thought that he had it with him, all right? And therefore, since he thought that he had all the ingredients with him when he entered the Kedusha Kedoshim, just going in there without the right ingredients is not considered uh, an illegitimate going in. He wouldn't be Chayim Mizdei Shemayim for going in. But once he was there, then he should have known, and that's why he's Chayim Mizdei Shemayim. That's one approach from Rav Sheshes. Ravashi, Yom Ravashi says, I'll tell you another possibility of why he's not going to be Chayim Mizdei Shemayim just for lacking ingredients, just for going in, uh, you know, unnecessarily. You could even say both were B'mezid. Kigayin, Ta'ayil, Shtei Haktarais. But the case was, he was Ma'ayil, Shtei Haktarais. He brought two separate recipes of Kitaris to burn inside the Kedush HaKadoshin, Achas Kishenim of Achas Chasira. One was complete and one was lacking. And he burnt both. So Abi Allah Was it an unnecessary entrance into the Kedush HaKadoshin? No, because you had a whole recipe. So Lamaisa, you did burn a Kitaris. You're not going to be Chayyim Misa just for walking in because Lamaisa, you did Navaida. However, to you had a whole Kitaris. Akhtara Mikhaev, but for the Akhtara, he's going to be Chayev. Why? Because you burnt the Kataris. That was a partial recipe. Okay. Period. End of that, uh, you know, that back and forth of as to why, uh, you know, what the case is going to be where somebody's going to be Chayev Misa Bideshamayim for missing out on even a single ingredient. I, we had asked, why don't you for going in unnecessarily? We gave various reasons why it was necessary to go in, but you're still chayav because of the lacking ingredient. Okay, let's keep focusing on this brisa that we mentioned. And the brisa said like this, Omar Mar, Uminayin, yeah, we got the place. Uminayin shenaisim b'mayla asham. How do we know that the Maila Asham plant had to go in. Talmud Loimar Vechisa. Such a fascinating Gemara. Listen to this. It says Vechisa. The smoke of the Kataris had to create a cover on the Kaidish HaKadoshim. Says the Gemara. One second. Okay. It says in the Pasuk. It says in the Pasuk. All the ingredients of Kataris. And then we say that how do you know you need the Maila Ashan? Because it says, that you got to cover. One second. Why are you, ask the Gemara, why are you asking why you need Maila Ashan? The Torah says, Maila Ashan is an ingredient. And now you're answering, instead of answering, what do you mean, what? One second. Let's back up. The Gemara asks why you need Maila Ashan. The Torah says that. The Torah says you need my lush. And then what does the Gemara answer? 
I need my lawsuit? Because that's Bechisa. What are you answering Bechisa for? What are you going on to Bechisa? Say, because this is one of the ingredients. What, what, what's your deal? You need a Pasuk? You already have a Pasuk. Kroll a Kroll? Ask the Gemara. You got a Pasuk? You need to bring a Pasuk to back up another Pasuk. <laughs> it already said, you bring my lawsuit. The Bechisa, you don't know which I is. You don't need it. This is the Chiddush of the Bryce. I only know that the leaf, the alay of the Maila Oshon gets added as an ingredient. How do you know about the Ikra Maila Oshon? Ikra means like the branch or the root. How do I know that that also can be used in place of the leaves? Okay? All right. Now, Amrle Abai. Abai says like this. Okay? Now, apparently, if we just follow where we are right now, let's pause. If we fo- what we're saying right now is that ideally you're supposed to use the leaf of the Maila Oshan for the Kataris. Okay? When it says that you're supposed to use Maila Oshan plant, it's supposed to be a leaf. Comes on the Pasuk Vechisa, you can even use the root. But until now, what we're saying is, what's ideal? The leaf. If you don't have the leaf of the Maila Oshan plant, then I can use the root. That's what it seems. Amalei Abai, Abai is going to question this. He's going to say, really, is the root the Bidiyeved? And you should ideally use the leaf? One second. We learned in the Brisa the opposite. Titania. What do we say in the Brisa? No samba Ideally, what do you put in the root of the Maila Asham? That's what you should be putting in. Not the leaf, the root. This is what would happen. When they put in the root of the Maila Asham, the smoke went straight up like a stick. Until it reached the Kura, the beams. Now, what are the beams referring to? Supporting beams of the ceiling. All right? Listen to this, it's so fascinating. What this plant did is it caused the smoke not only to go up straight, but obviously there was HaKadosh Baruch Hu involved in, in how this worked. Once it hit the ceiling, it would spread out like a cover equally until it hits the walls and then start climbing down the walls. It hit us like a sukkah. Yeah, went up, out beautifully over like a blanket, like a covering, and then it would come down. Until the entire room, once it came down, now it was like a smoke machine. Yeah, now the smoke started to fill up the whole room. As it says, the entire ended up filling with smoke. So it is fascinating how the Milo Ashen worked. Abra, what's, what are we focusing on? Abai is asking a question. You see from here, you're supposed to put in the root of the Maila Asham. Before we said you're supposed to put in a leaf. Ah, comes along the Pasuk, even the root. Says Abai, what do you mean even the root? Seems from the Brisa, you're supposed to put in the root. Alam Rabai, rather Abai says, Hachi Kamar. This is what the Brisa means. In the Ashon. You're right. When it says you put in the Maila Asham, I, I believe that refers to the root. How do I know even a leaf? Anything that's going to allow the smoke to go up and then cover. The Kedosh HaKadoshim is also going to be valid. Okay? Fine. 
This Maila Ashon was, he says, I believe it was only needed in the Midbar, in the Mishkan. How do you know it's Yabeslam? Says, what do you mean? Right? That's, uh, it's learned, we, we already know that all the Mishkans and Kaidesh were the same. So why would I think it's different that I need the Pasuk of Achisa? It's not true. Uh, all Mishkans are similar. So if you need my La'ashon in the Midbar, you would need my La'ashon by the Mishkan and Shila and by the Bate Mikdash. Gemara says, that this is what we mean to say. I only know that my Lashon is put into the Keteris on Yom Kippur, right? This is when the Kain Gadol went in. Remember, the Keteris was also brought with the Karban Atamid, right? In the morning and the afternoon. Therefore, it says, um, that uh, it, uh, you even had to add the Maila Ashan uh, on a regular day of the year. Ravashi Yomar, Ravashi says, Chad la mitzvah v'chad la akev. One pasuk of my Ashen itself is telling us how it should be done, and then it says, V'chitzah v'tel, it's not only should it be like that, but it's even ma'akev. If you don't have the my Ashen, you don't have a recipe. Rav Amar Rav says, Chad la einish v'chad la zhar. One's giving us an einish, and one's giving us a warning as to what, that is going to be misa b'day shamayim, if you're lacking in this ingredient. Okay, Tanya, we learned in a b'raiser, b'lez jaymer, b'lez jaymer, b'lez yomos einish, kiba so you see from over here that you need two psukim sometimes teach me the same thing. Again, let's just pause. We're done with this, with this for now. The, what just happened? Say this outside. The Gemara had asked why I need two psukim to teach me that it's integral to have the Maila Ashan. Maila Ashan itself is an ingredient. Then it says Vechisa. It's got to go. It's got, you got to have an ingredient here that allows the Kedush HaKadoshim to be covered. Why do I need two? We have all these, uh, all these various answers, right? Maybe it's one's referring to Yom Kippur, one's referring to the regular day of the year, maybe one's to Mitzvah, one to the second one teaches it's Ma'akev, one's for an Ainish, one's for Azara. Okay, bottom line is, everyone's agreeing that it teaches me the same thing. Beautiful. Done. All right. Here we go. We're going to start a, uh, a gemara, some Gemaras with some beautiful, beautiful, fascinating Limudim. All right? Some beautiful messages for life over here. Yochel. You ready? Here we go. Yochel, I might think you shneem amurim koidem isas that the pasuk of my laoshon and v'chisa were said before Aaron's sons died. These psukim, uh, instructed these halachas after um, after Aaron's sons died. Noda ben Aviv. Yocho yushneim amurim. Achar misa shnei ben Aaron. Tamalim rachibani rala kaparis. Hakitzan. So what was it? it? Says I would have thought it was before. No, it was after. I would have thought that they're both after. No. It says because uh, you know uh, I'm going to appear in the Kedush, in the Kedush Hakadoshim, which was before they died. So Haketzah, there's a contradiction. How do we understand when exactly it happened? There was a warning given before Nadavanavu died, and the Einish, what the punishment is going to be, that was given over after they died. Says the Gemara, my Talmud. Where do you see that? 
Where do you see that one posik was said before they died as a warning, and the other posik was said after they died to teach us the punishment? Omar Rav, Rav says, Omar Krosh, in posuk, ki because in a cloud I appeared, vadayin loy nireh, but I will appear, but I have not yet appeared, okay? Now, if HaKadosh Baruch has not yet appeared, that means that Aaron's sons had not yet died, because they died after HaKadosh Baruch revealed himself for the Mishka. One second. If we're going to say the warning was before, and he told us what the punishment was afterwards, why were Aaron's sons punished? A good kasha. You're not allowed to be punished unless you're told beforehand what the consequences are. Gemara says, no. Kedetani, we learned in Ebrahim. Listen to this, listen to this. You know why Aaron's sons died? Because their uncle Maishi, Uncle Maish, yeah, Uncle Maisha Rabbeinu, was their Rebbe. And they paskin, they halacha in his presence. My darish. Okay? What halacha did they paskin? Even though there was a fire that came down from Shemayim, they said there's also a mitzvah bring another fire, which they did. And since they paskin um, like that, so uh, when Maisha Bina was around, the Mela, they were high of Nisa. Okay? Now, I think there is a very, very fascinating limud, fascinating message in this. Were Nadav and Aviu right or wrong? They gave a psak halacha. Follow along, this is very interesting. Nadav and Aviu gave a psak halacha. What was their psak halacha? Even though there's a fire coming down from Hashem, the Kahanim also need to make a fire. Isn't that true? Yeah. Did they have the right psak? They gave a right psak. Did they lead anybody astray? Not yet. But the Chayav Misa. Chayav Misa. Why? Because they paskin the Shaila in front of Maisha Rabbeinu. And a Talmud that paskins a Shaila, even if you know the Halacha, in front of your Rebbe, you just destroyed the Masora. And Klal Yisrael without a proper Masora is not Klal Yisrael. You need, we need Masora. We need Masora. We need Rabbeim. We need, we need, we need to learn Torah from the future generations. That's one thing to point out. Another fascinating limud in Midos, in Midos to learn from here is, even if you tell somebody the right halacha, you have to do it the right way. You can't teach the right halacha the wrong way. It has to do with how we give each other musr, right? Some people, they'd be like, oh, you know, what you just did was wrong. You're wrong, you're wrong. Now, for some people, if you talk to them like that, it's fine. They don't got a problem with that. Other people, they, they're not going to be happy about it. You're wrong, you're wrong. I'm just telling you the MS. I'm just saying, like, chill out, chill out. You know what I mean? Relax, right? There's a way, even if what you're saying, Lemaisa, is true, but you're not doing it in an MS Dicka way, that's also a problem. That's also a problem. Can I ask a question? Beautiful. Yeah, go ahead. It says, Mamish, what you're saying. Um, that nowadays people, Stamazai, don't know how to give Musr. Um, and, 
you know, but, but listen, you know, uh, obviously there's a line because there are things we could tell each other, right? He, it's not like you need to zip your lip totally. You know, if a person's close enough to somebody else or it's a small thing, avada yeah. Listen to this, it's fascinating. You ready for this? This is wild. Wild. The Chazanish Paskins. Chazanish Paskins that nowadays everybody is a Tinuk Shanishba. Even if they grew up in the middle of Bnei Brock and Lakewood. Because of what you're saying, since people nowadays don't know how to give Musr, so when somebody tur- somebody gets a hara, gets hold of them, so uh, they're considered Tinuk Shanishba because they don't have a community to keep them in line. It's like they never had a chance. It is. It's what? And, and he lives, he lives That's right. That's right. That's right. You should know. I mean, everybody in, everybody in each situation should ask their own, uh, should ask their own rub. But, but um, uh, Rev, Rev, uh, they asked the Rebel Yashiv uh, if somebody should sit Shiva for a relative who was cremated. He said, do we, do we sit Shiva? Um, and, and do we say Kaddish? And Rebbe Yashiv said one word. Was this person not from because they were Shmad? They turned against God? Is that why they were cremated? They said no. The guy just wasn't raised. He was raised a little traditional. Wasn't raised. Uh, Rebbe Yashiv said because the Chazanish holds. And nowadays everybody's a Tinak Shanishba. You're supposed to sit Shiva. You're supposed to say Kaddish. Every, practically speaking, he says, Allah You know, you ever you open up a shokhanar, it says, Oh, cremation, you don't do it. He proskins nowadays, even with cremation, a person sits shiva, a person says Kaddish, because everybody's considered Tinak Shanishba. This psak of the Chazanish has major ramifications. Has major ramifications. Fascinating. All right, let's keep going. Beautiful. Yeah, the Kaingadal walked out. And uh, the same way he went in, meaning he walked down, he went back in. Yeah, when, are we mo- when do we do this? You walk out of shul. You walk out of shul. You walk out backwards. How do you know you're supposed to walk out of a makam kaddish backwards? Beautiful gemara here. Here we go. As every gemara is. What does Gibbon have to do with Yerushalayim? They are nowhere near each other. What, as we say, Shaykh is potatoes. Yeah, what does one have to do with the other? Why are you putting it together in the same posture? Now, rather, Makish, it's Yosem and Gibbon Yerushalayim. We're comparing going from Gibbon to Yerushalayim. Le Yosem Yerushalayim to Gibbon. The same way you go from Yerushalayim to Gibbon. What does that mean? Ma be Yosem Yerushalayim to Gibbon. Just like when he went from Yerushalayim to Gibbon, Panav Klape, Bama, Kedarach, Biyosai. His face was towards the Bama. And, and uh, you know, he faced it, Baderach covered. He walked out backwards. And this is what every Kayan is supposed to do when he goes and does the Avaidah. When you walk out of doing the Avaidah in front of the Abishter, you don't turn your back. You don't turn your back on Hashem and walk away. You turn to the side. What are you going to ask me? I, I thought you're supposed to walk backwards. Yeah? It says you turn to the side. All right? 
You have a Talmud who walks out of his Rebbe's, Rebbe's uh, office, Rebbe's class, you, walk, you, you talk to your Rebbe, you walk away, you take a few steps backwards. Yeah? Rather, you turn, you turn your face to the side and you walk out, but Derek Kavit, you're still facing uh, your Rebbe. As if this wasn't a, this, this wasn't a standard encounter. When you have a standard encounter, you turn, you turn away. All right, hello, goodbye. But when you're machshiv something, when something is chashuv to somebody else, it's not a standard encounter. You, 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 you walk out backwards. You don't turn. You don't, you don't, you don't turn away. Okay? Ki have ki hod like this that Rabbi Lazar did. Kadav miftar mineid Rabbi Yechino, when he would leave Rabbi Yechino, and kadav boy Rabbi Yechino, and this and when Rabbi Yechonon wanted to go have a gachin koy Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Lazar would lower his head and stand in the same spot. Ada have michase Rabbi Yechonon mine until Rabbi Yechonon was out of his eyesight. Okay, until he was out of his eyesight. Rashi explains. He looked down. He was, he was like, you know, a sign of a sign of humility. The kad have boy Rabbi Lazar l'saguye have a ka'azul when he would leave Rabbi Yechonon as well, he would walk out. Um, he would walk out la'achore backwards, okay, until uh, Rabbi Yechonon was no longer in eyesight either. Now you're going to notice what's happening here is a few. There's two words that we've been using interchangeably: to turn with sedadin, to turn to the side, or to turn backwards. Just to ha'ara, point out that it, the, the idea is not so much how you're positioned. Because obviously if you just walk backwards, you may very well fall flat on your back. Right? You don't have to momish walk backwards. It just depends on the situation. Right? Even turning to the side and showing that we're, we're hesitant to end this meeting of Kedusha is itself a sign of respect. Okay? Rabba Habe Rabba Kad have a miftar minei de Rabbi Yosef. When Rabbi would want to leave his Rabbi, Rabbi Yosef, have a azalachare. He would walk backwards adim and nagfon kare until uh, it says his legs hurt. Yeah, until his legs hurt. Umi tabson aspuke de be Rabbi Yosef dama, and Rabbi Yosef's doorstep had blood. His his doorstep had blood on it. Okay. Um, so uh, what, this, what, what this means over here from the Farshim is, obviously you're not supposed to hurt yourself, but it's, it's, it's an expression here that so, you know, the, the Talmidim knew how to do this, that there, there were incidents that happened, people fell down, you know, whatever, but it, it, it's an expression here, right? That this was, this was the Mahalach, that's the Gemara's letting us know. This is what a Yid does. You walk away from your Rebbe, you walk away from Kedusha, you walk away, you know, you walk away with, uh, with, with COVID, you walk away backwards. Okay, let's turn to the top of Nun Gimel Amud Beis. Amr le'ed Rabbi Yosef, they said to Rabbi Yosef, Havi Yavid Rava, Amr le'ed Rava, Dor Meshach Akula Kerava. They said, oh, this is, what, this is what Rava does. You know, whenever Rava's walking around backwards, eh? and he wanted to show honor to him. Now Rashi explains that why would they have to tell Rabbi Yosef this? We know Rabbi Yosef was sick, he became blind. Remember that whole story? He pointed out many times, Abai was his Talmud, Rabbi Yosef had forgot his Torah, uh, eventually, he got his he, he got his memory back, but um, he still he still remained blind. So they told him, you know, Rava shows covet. And Rabbi Yosef says, "Oh, that's a good rabbi. That's a good that's a good leader in Klai Yisrael. Somebody shows covet. 
that everybody should uh, should have such beautiful midas, such as that. Okay. I'm Rav Alexander, I'm Rav Shubh and Levi. Hamispalel, Tzorchev, Siyah, Sholish, Piyos, Lachar, Rav Bersu, Davos, Eight, Three Steps Backward, Va'achar, Kach, Yitain, Sholem. And afterwards, he should say, Oysa, Shulam, B'mroim, Ovoyasa, Shulam, Alayni. Yeah. Now, why do you take three steps back and then you ask for Sholem? Zokter, Pesach, Kron, he has a lot to say amongst the Rishonim, but what Zokter, Pesach, Kron? You want Sholem? Take three steps backwards. Sometimes, three times a day, a yid you know, tells himself, we talk about peace, we put bumper stickers on our car about peace. You want to really know how to make peace? It usually means taking a few steps back. You've got to walk away from the situation. You take it three steps back, then you could say, Taka, I did my part. Once he took three steps backwards, you should stay in the same spot. Okay? You should stay there. How long do you stay there for? So according to some, you've got to stay there until the chazan starts, chazaras hashnaps. Yeah? You should stay there until the chazan begins the chazur. Moshe l'tamur ha-niftam mi-rabba, yom chayish al-alter. You have a Talmud who finishes the conversation with Rabbi. The Talmud says, okay, thanks, Rabbi. Boom. Out of here. Yeah. So it's like a, a dog that's going back to, um, you know, to uh, its, its initial dirt. Like, I, I'm, I'm right back out in the, uh, in the schmutz. I didn't really gain much from this experience. So what do we do? We take three steps back by Shemarin Esrei, and a person waits. Ideally, a person, um, uh, ideally, a person should wait you know, enough time till the Chazar Sashat starts. But if not, let's say it's taking a long time. You're supposed to at least stay in that spot for a few moments. This way, you're not like taking three steps back and I'm running away to, to go have a conversation with somebody or go take care of something. Okay. And if you don't do that, Better that you would not have Davin. You just showed that you have no clue who you're talking to. Because anybody who just stood in front of the Rabbani Shalom ain't just flipping around like a ballerina and, and bouncing off out of there. Right? He would say, Shalom to his right. He would say, Shalom to his left. He would say, Shalom to his left, yeah. Isa Shalom bim Raimov. You turn to your right. Isa Shalom bim Raimov. You turn to your left. The other Shalom alaini. Okay. Why? Why do you turn to your right and then your left? Shenamar, as it says, miyaminai eish dos lamai. Okay. You see from the right. So you see the right. It always goes first. Va'imer yipom b'tzircha elaf uravava mi mi nechla. A thousand are going to fall on your left side. And 10,000 are going to fall on your right side. So that's another proof that the right side is stronger and should come first before the left side. Right? The right side is 10 times stronger than anything the left side can accomplish. Why do you need an extra Pasuk? Right? First it says, yeah? The right side is more cautious. Then it says, oh, I'll give you another Pasuk. Why do you ever bring me two proofs? Yeah, where, where do you need it from? The Gemara said, Because... If you're going to say that um, that 
is, you know, usually people are right-handed. 90% of the world is right-handed. So that's why, it, you know, it was given with the right hand. That's what everybody's used to. Tashma, come and listen. Yeah? It's because the right hand, compared to the left hand, is a lot more stark. That he would say, I saw him to his right. When I say to the right, what I mean is, your left, which is the right of the Ebishter, because when you're facing the Ebishter, so your left is the Ebishter's right. Yeah? Now, we don't pass him like that. Why not? Yeah? Is the Ebishter facing, facing against us? Is he facing with us? Yeah? So, um, the Mishabura says that, um, that um, Taka, a person should go to his left first. Yeah? So he changed it around. He said, you're thinking about the Ebishter's right. Very interesting. Amar of Chia, Brader of Huna, Chazina, Lohu, Labaya, Barava, the Posse, Shalish, Trias, Bekriya, Achas. They took, uh, they took Shalish, Krichais, Bipsia Achas. Yeah? That um, they started bowing down, they bent over their bodies while they were already taking three steps back. Okay? Said, uh, you know, you're supposed to st- for, uh, start stepping back with, uh, with your left foot as well, but, you know, uh, you know, how large those steps are supposed to be also will depend on the amount of space that you have. Okay, period. Let's go. We've got ground to cover here. None, uh, let's get go. Zakti Gumar. Two dots. All right? We've got, we got, got a few more minutes, so let's... Uh, let's... Uh, I'll, I'll try to move, a, uh, move along a little bit. Umas Baal Tefillah, the Kohen Gadol would say a short tefillah in the Bayez Achitzayin in the outer room, and we said that he would hit, then, then he would stop. Why? So that Klai Yisrael is not afraid something happened to him. My Matzli, what was his tefillah? Yeah? It should have a lot of rain and it should be shchuna. It should be hot. Shchuna ma'ayisa heat. Hot is good. What he says is, if it's a hot year, make sure there's a lot of rain. Because so there's no, you know, nothing gets scorched. Yeah? And don't let the tefillahs of the travelers get, uh, you know, uh, stop the rain. Because when people travel, they dive and there should be no rains. So they have an easy travel. In the meantime, rain lemaisa is needed. So the Kangoba had to daven that the tefillahs of the travelers are not going to be listened to. It is fascinating. I'm davening that you're davening, you know, you're davening a shouldn't two wife for anybody else besides for you. Right? Why? Why do you have daven for that? Because the tefillahs of a traveler are the most powerful tefillahs. Because when a person's taka desperate and they need something, their tefillahs can override everybody else's. The kind God will need it to kind of counteract this deep tefillah shabalev. Rav Chanina Medaisa have a cause of Orcha. Rav was traveling. Shadam Mitra Alei started to rain. Amrai says, The entire world is good. Oh, so happy that there's rain, but I am in pain. Stop raining. Yeah, come on. Everybody else needs rain. Oh, so Mitra, it started to, uh, it started to rain again. 
Amr Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, Yeah, obviously, overrides the tefillah of the Koyen Godel. Yeah, his, his tefillah, if he daven for something, the Ebishter was in. They went to look to see if he was okay. They began to go in as he was walking out. They said to him, Why did you have a long davening? What are you upset? I'm davening for you! All right, we appreciate it, but don't do it too often. Meaning, you got to know. You really have to know when is the uh, when the right time is to have a long, uh, a long shmon essay. But I think there's another message here. In addition to the re- religiosity side of things, and not to get too uh, not to get too far front with long shmon essays, but sometimes we. We judge others and the way that they daven. Oh, this person thinks they're such kavana. Yeah. If you knew that that person would be davening for you, would you bother you that he has such a long shmanezer? Right? Right? You walk into a yeshiva. You walk into a yeshiva. Yeah? So, you, the yeshiva has got a 15-minute shmanezer during the week. You're like, everybody's finished in six minutes, right? And that's with kavana. And now he's... You know, you know what's going on? Like, hello, like, uh, what's happening? If I w- if if I would know that Rashiva's middle of davening for me, my kids, health, shidduchim, and that does it bother me that it's taking him an extra eight minutes? Uh, absolutely not. Yeah, take your time. Take your time. It's it's God's fine. You know, you can add five minutes on. I'm fine with that. You know, it's another. If we have our heads in the right place, taka, you know, halavai, uh, we should be davening a little bit longer so we could be davening for each other. Okay. Here we go. That's end of the Gemara. Zok the Mishnah Viter. Mishnah Arain. In the time of second base Mikdash, there was no longer an Arain. Evan Haisa Shambi Meisner the Amrishayim. There was a stone that was put there from the times of the Neviim Rishayim Mushtiyah Haisa Nikres. It was called the Evan Shesia. Okay, we're going to talk about the Evan Shesia. Kavayam in Arishalishet's voice, and it was that it came only three fingers in length above the ground. And the Keteris, which went on the coals, would be put on top of the Eben Shesiyah. Now, is done with the Keteris, right? He takes the blood from the person who had been Memaris, by the one who had been stirring it, to make sure it doesn't congeal. He went into the Mokoim Shenichnas, he went to the Kedesh HaKadoshim, Ba'amad Mokoim Shomad. And he stood in the same place where he stood before. What does that mean, Zagrashi? In the place where the Arain and the poles, in between the center of the poles, where all that was, he went back to the same exact place. He sprinkled from the blood of the bull once uh, above and seven times down in an upward motion and seven times downward motion. Okay? However, says the Mishnah, he wouldn't have uh, he wouldn't have particular kavana to he, those were the motions, but where it ended up wasn't the ultimate goal. Ella kematzlif. Well, what he did was he sprinkled it like a matzlif. Okay. Um, now a matzlif 
is, if we, I'm not sure whether it's read for the Gemara, uh, uh, for now we'll just say it means that there had to be some sort of, of um, flight, flight of the blood. Okay? There had to be power that would make it be called a sprinkling as opposed to a dripping. All right? He left the Kedush HaKedoshim and he put the rest of the blood on top of a kan, a, a, a kind of a ledge that was inside of the Kedush, inside of the Hechol, and then brought him the Chatas of the Sawyer. He shafted it and was bekabel the dam in a bowl. He went back to the same place he stood before. Yeah. Right? So on and so forth. Uh, lost the place. I'm sorry. Then he went and put the, the blood of the of the sire of the chatas goat on a different ledge that was in the heichel. Okay? So those are the next two steps of the Avaid. Says the Gemara Rebuda, Rebuda says, There was only one ledge. When he put down the blood of the goat, he lifted up the blood of the bull. And that's how they were both able to go in the same spot. Because by lifting up one, he was he put the other one down at the same time. Okay. Then he sprinkled, he now had the blood again, right? So he sprinkled the blood of the bull towards the Ketiris that was opposite the Arain from, uh, from the outside. Meaning he sprinkled on the Kapiris that was on the side of the Hechel. Remember, there was two. We're dealing with the second base Amikdash. So there was two Katiras with that Amma in between. One was on the side of the Katiras, the one on the Hechel. So he sprinkled the blood now on the side of the Hechel. Achas lemala, visheva lemata. One, one uh, upwards, one, one above, and seven times below, and again, beloy haya miskave. Okay? He did not have particular kavana where it ended up, but it had to, you know, it, it, uh, it couldn't drift, there had to be a kayak. And so would he count the chulu. Then he put down the bull's blood, picked up the goat's blood, uh, yeah, uh, picked up the goat's blood, put down the bull's blood. These men like a Persian, sprinkled on the, from the goat's blood on the outside. Again, same spot. Achas damal v'shev l'mat of chulu era dam ha'par l'sher dam ha'soyer. It is, and now he mixed it together, the two bloods v'nosin as hamali berekon, and he stacked the cups. The full one uh, went inside the empty ones. The empty one kind of served now as an extra cup. All right, zok to gemar. Mishnah is like the tani. It doesn't say after the aron was nignah. That was in the elam mishnitol after the aron was taken away. Tonight, let's learn about the Aaron being removed for the second base Hamikdash. Command Omar Aaron Golubaba. We learned our mission seems to be like the one who said that instead of the Aaron being hidden underneath the room in the base Hamikdash, it actually was sent into bubble. The time we learned that Rabbi Yisrael Blazer says Aaron Golubaba. Rabbi Blazer holds the Aaron was sent into Golus bubble. Shlemar Udut Shuvas Hashanah Shalachem Elachem Bucha Nezer Vi'ah Bavavela Im Klei Chem Das Beis Hashem. 
We went into Golos with all the, the, the precious vessels, the Caleb, of the Beis Hamikdash, which in, what's the most precious Kali of the Beis Hamikdash? The Arn. If she, he also holds Arn went to Babel. He bought the Davar of Hashem because Baruch says nothing's going to be left behind in the Shalayim. Elo Aser is a Dibrish Shabai. Referring to Aser's Dibrish that was inside of the Arn, it came with them. Rabbi Yudah ben Lakishan, Rabbi Yudah says Arn ben Makom Shnignaz. That, however, the, he holds that no, the Arn was not taken into Babel. The Arn was hidden underneath. It's, it was hidden in the ground somewhere underneath the base of Mikdash. Shnemar Vayro Rashi Abadim in Akaydesh Al Pnei. Remains there until today, which means that it was never taken out of the Beis Hamikdash. Okay, why do we say this? Because again, if you look back at the Mishnah, look at the very first two words of the Mishnah. When the Aron was taken, it doesn't say when the Aron was hidden. So if we're saying the Aron was taken, the Gemara is making a point. It must be we're holding like the opinion that the Aron went into Golos, and it wasn't hidden in one place. Okay. And this whole thing argues on Ula. Ula says, Masya ben Rabbi in in uh, Rome. Okay, now Rabbi apparently had gone to visit Rome and uh, lost the place. He says, He says, Rabbi taught us once, and he taught us from uh, from two psukim. That the Aaron went into Babel, Rishayna Hadamar. In the first Pasuk we mentioned, Vaviya Babel and Kleichemdas Beis Hashem, Shniya Mahi. Where's there a second Pasuk telling me that the Aaron went into Golos? That it left, it left Basziya on top of tomorrow's Das, Kol Hadara, all of its glory. My Kol Hadara, what is the glory that means Chadra? This that is the Cheder, is the innermost room, the room that is hidden away. Which is the Aaron, which is the most hidden thing inside the Kaidesh Hakadoshim. So he says to Rishimba Yechai, Atomaya Taimer, Rishimba Yechai, yeah, what do you hold about the Aaron? Was it taken into Golos? Was it, was it hidden? Amar Lai, Rishimba Yechai says, Shani Aimer, I hold Aaron, Mukaimai, Nignaz, Shinema, Vairichu, Asabad. Yeah, it says from the Pasuk, which is, they. They spread out the poles and it remains there until today. You know, we're going to pick up from here. We'll start the sig again tomorrow. Bez Hashem, we got to stop here from Mincha. Bez Hashem, we will pick up from here tomorrow, Erev Shabbos at 12.15 p.m. Central. Uh, guten evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful night.